Penn State football officially has brought in its transfer portal commits. Dante Cephas, Alonzo Ford, Davian Collins, and Trey Potts are now all in the mix. They can start working together with the team. It might be obvious that Dante Cephas seems to be the most valuable, but that next guy, I think it's Trey Potts. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, thanks so much for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen and watch every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Zach Seiko. I am your host, and I am joined once again by the Lord himself. Jason Lord is over on the other side. Jason, thanks for coming back on the show. No problem. Thanks for having me anytime. Yeah, uh, and plenty to get into today, right? Uh, with Dante yeah. Cephas, Trey Potts, uh, Davian Collins, Alonzo Ford, they are now all on campus. They officially can contribute to the team. Summer semester's coming up. And then, of course, the fall where the football team takes the field, right? Most important part. Also, we're going to talk today about the schedule. <laughs> Penn State playing on Black <laughs> Friday. They didn't yeah. exactly agree to it. it. Um, I, I'm for it. I'm excited for a Friday game. And just the whole, the whole nature of the scheduling and Penn State being at least the news showing that they are very against the night games and in late November. And we, we know why, yeah. um, but that's, that's all going to be covered in today's show. All right. So Dante Cephas, Trey Potts, Adavian Collins, Alonzo Ford, Jason, who is the most important player out of this group? I mean, it, it's gotta yeah. be Dante Cephas, right? Yeah. Yeah. Don't overlook Ford. I think Ford will be a huge help. And they've shown that on defense, what they've been able to do yeah. in the portal, getting Robinson, getting uh, Ebikati earlier uh, previously, uh, it's it's shown they can get great defensive players in the portal. So I, I, I wouldn't overlook Ford entirely, but Cephas has to be it because you need that outside threat at wide receiver uh, that I think you're still probably lacking. Uh, you have uh, guys, you know what you have in, in Lambert Smith and, and, and Wallace. But again, like I said uh, to you the other week, Zach, I, I, beyond that, I don't know what you have in terms of a proven commodity at wide receiver right now. Uh, you have guys that can step up. I think Malik Meg is going to be fine. I think Evans will be fine. I think Clifford will be fine. I think there'll be plenty of guys that can certainly step up. But uh, I think Cephas has that outside threat. He's also got a little bit of hype behind him. He's had big years uh, in, previously. So I think you have to have a wide receiver threat that I think you're lacking right now. That's a weakness going into summer ball that could turn into a strength because of him. So I think very clearly he's the most important. I hope so, because I get a little concerned with the fact that he's on campus this late. If he's supposed to be your number yeah. one wide receiver, that's no disrespect to Trey Wallace well, and Keandre Lambert Smith, but Dante no. Cephas was brought in with the mind that with the mindset that he is going to be drew Aller's number one passing target. So is there going to be a lapse in chemistry here? Or do you think they can get it together in three months? Because that was always my concern. Because when he committed, I said, okay, he'll be in by winter, right? He'll be in, right? No, it's now summer, and they got three months to work together, and it's going to be on their own time, right? These aren't going to be coordinated practices. No. No, but look, we've seen people in the NFL get in trade week six of the trade deadline, get on the team, like Odell Beckham shows as a prime example, and in Los Angeles, and he ends up being a, a huge target for the Rams, leads him to the suit, helps lead him to the Super Bowl. So, no, I don't think it'll be that huge of an issue. I think they have time to get some chemistry. Uh, and I also think you look at what James Franklin preaches for Penn State. Cephas graduated 
yeah, May 9th. So uh, that's the most important part. And, and James Franklin has preached that for his time here at Penn State, that education, academics comes first. And that's what happened there. Cephas graduated. He had to stay on campus. And now he's able to come at, into Happy Valley. But I, I think they have time to develop some chemistry. Could there be a little bit of trouble early on? Maybe. But I think you have a lot of time, even in the restricted practice window that you have in the summer, I think you have time to develop chemistry together. So I don't think that would be a huge issue. I think if he was battling an injury and he wasn't back till you know late September or something, that'd be another story. But at, right now, as it stands, he's on campus here and in, in the end of May. I think there's plenty of time you know, for the two of them to get acquainted and for him to be one of Aller's primary targets. How would you rank them one through four? I'm thinking in terms of importance, right? In terms of value, mm-hmm. I, I would go Dante Cephas, number one. I right. would say Trey Potts at number two. And I would say Alonzo Ford at three and uh, Davian Collins at four. And it's no disrespect to Collins, but Collins is not a no. veteran. He's only played one year well, of college football. He took his red shirt and he's being brought in with the mind that there is a long-term plan for him. Whereas Ford's going to have to contribute right away, especially if there yes. are injuries on the D line. Trey Potts, uh, we saw Kevon Lee when he was healthy. He was cycling in pretty frequently Mm -hmm. with Singleton and Allen. I know things changed. They got better. He got an injury, didn't really work his way back into the lineup. Cephas is obviously, he's a day one starter. There's no contest. They need to get him into the lineup by any means possible. So that's not really up to her debate. But how would you rank the four of them? I would go Collins four as well. I think, and that's no disrespect to him. It's the inexperience, as you said. The other part is just how strong the secondary is. That's probably... Mm -hmm the strongest part of your team right now or pretty close to the strongest part of your team. So I would rate him four, three. I would go with Potts, even yeah. though running back is a strength. I think you needed the depth. I think having him was huge, but in terms of the impact he's going to make on the team, I would put him three, four to two, because I think he's got to make a, a little bit of an impact at the, at the, in the defensive tackle position. You've got to have guys up front, that are going to contribute and produce. We've seen that with, with Penn State defensively uh, over the years. You need guys that are going to come from the portal and, and produce. So he's second, but number one has got to be Cephas. Uh, it, you look at wide receiver right now as it stands, that's a weakness on this team. As I said it a couple weeks ago, it could be a strength by the end of September. But right now, it is a weakness, and Cephas is going to be a huge help to that. He's got to be number one in terms of most important. Let's hope so. Locked on Nittany Lions is your go-to podcast for Penn State rivals. Visit happyvalleyinsider.com. And Jason, before we get to all the just the scheduling conundrum that is going on right now, the Black Friday game, Penn State, Michigan State, I think great publicity, but James Franklin and Pat Kraft are probably fuming right now. And then on top of the night games and just all the the fires that Kevin Warren started and made no effort to put out that, before that's, he left. That's the best point. Yeah, that's yeah. the best point of all. But before yeah. we get to that, let's hear from our sponsor of today's episode, and that is Bird Dogs. Now, Bird Dogs pants and shorts are great for three reasons. First, the fit, you will look better and feel great wearing Bird Dogs. And then there's comfort. Their stretchy fabric will make your legs look great, and they're comfier than all of your other shorts and pants. Versatility is the final reason. They give you the freedom to wear one pair of shorts and pants on the golf course to a meeting, a date, hanging out with friends, you name it. Bird dog shorts and pants are for it. Now, I've never had a pair of bird dogs before, so I went out and got a couple of pairs 
And I got to say, after wearing them, they definitely live up to the billing. But now when you go order a pair of bird dogs, this is special. This is special going on. When you go to birddogs.com slash locked on college and you enter promo code locked on college, easy enough, right? They'll throw in a custom bird dogs, Yeti style tumbler with every single order. All you got to do, go to birddogs.com slash locked on college, enter that promo code locked on college, and you're getting yourself a free custom bird dogs, Yeti style tumbler with every order. And thanks again for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen and watch every single day. Jason Lord over on the other side. I'm Zach Seiko. Jason, where can people keep up with what you do personally? Uh, you can obviously follow me on Twitter, Jason Lord 5 You can follow me on uh, – I have a Facebook. You're welcome to you know, follow me on friend. there. But also uh, <laughs> you know, uh, still doing some stuff with uh, local radio as well. That's uh, really been the, the main three so far that you can – you could follow me. Not not the biggest on Instagram. I do have an Instagram, but uh, if you're going to expect a quick response, that is the worst place to send me any kind of DM or message. I'm terrible on Instagram. So there you go. Twitter is, is the place and you're going to be calling high school football games in the fall. And of course, doing coverage for the local radio stations when it comes to Penn State football as well. The schedule is it, it's out. It's seen now and we got we got some of the games. Penn State identified all yeah. of the themes for the home games in 2023. The whiteouts going to be Iowa. Hey, that's something that you and I were able to nail down. We knew because yeah. of the circumstances, but also at the same time, this contract with the Big Ten TV media rights <laughs> is not falling into the place the way that people thought it would. No. I, I don't know where to begin with this because the Black Friday game, this wasn't agreed to by Penn State. This is an away game. I, James Franklin and, Pitt and Pat Craft would absolutely have a cow if this was in Beaver Stadium this season. Oh, no, they tried yeah, to you pull this. You couldn't have it. But the Black Friday game, Penn State did not agree to this. And right. yet it, it's going to happen. I was surprised that the Nittany Lions and the Spartans were going to play on Black Friday. So ultimately, what what's your take on it? Because I, I like the Black Friday game. I know that the NFL is going to do something with the Black Friday. So yeah. well, the Black Earlier, Friday game as well. Game. So, it, yeah, it won't be a major conflict. There might be a little overlap. No. However, uh, Penn State did not agree to this yet. They're going to have to play in it because the Big Ten agree. They're in the Big Ten, and the Big Ten agreed to a new TV rights deal. I have no problem with November night games. I, I never really did um, that part of it. I never had a, the the issue with. I think you know Penn State, uh, and they're not alone. Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, yeah, the big guys in the Big Ten, all together are really not on board with uh, the November night games. Not on board with you know playing games outside of your normal routine which is a Friday night game. Uh, I'm okay with the, with, the, with the Black Friday game, no doubt about it. Uh, I think the schedule leading up to it for Penn State is a little favorable, which will help. Mm -hmm. You have Rutgers the week before. So uh, yeah. that'll help to an extent, and it's a home game, uh, leading up to the Michigan State game. Um, the issue I have with it would be, you touched on it previously, Kevin Warren, I'm not sure, communicated well enough with the, with the matter. Nope. I think uh, that was problem number one. I think the contract itself, when you look at it, NBC has 16 primetime games. One of them was assured to be Labor Day Sunday. One of them was assured to be Black Friday. So uh, you knew getting into it what you potentially could have, but the big schools, I'm not sure, knew they were going to have to make the concessions. And I think that's the biggest problem that I have with – 
with um, this issue. I, I think you look at it, you have uh, Penn State and Ohio State have made the concessions previously. Friday night, Penn State played Illinois, played uh, Maryland Open last year against mm-hmm. Purdue on Thursday. Ohio State's done the same thing. They played Indiana on Thursdays, Indiana, Minnesota on Thursday, Friday. What's Michigan ever done in this stuff? Nothing. I what also, concession have they had to make? Uh, especially, and the same thing, playing those out-of-conference games that help yeah. boost. They so get the, that's, that's, I think, where I'm the most puzzled by it. Uh, I think I'm okay that these teams have to make the concessions, even though I don't think they were told everything. I think the contract itself, they were told. They were told there was going to be 16 primetime games. And, you know, Fox being puzzled that NBC has a Big Ten championship game in 2026, they were puzzled about. That's the kind of stuff where, okay, you were probably sitting at the table when this contract was signed. You should should have known about it. But it's the concessions that the big schools have to make that I'm not sure they knew about. Ohio State having to play November 11th against Michigan State in primetime, latest primetime game you're going to have at the horseshoe. And, uh, yeah, Penn State making the concession. But, again, going back to my point, what concession has Michigan made at all in any of this? So I don't think uh, it's overly fair for that reason. I I think they've not made the concessions. And the other part of it, to me at least, when you look at Black Friday or you look at a holiday game as a whole, do you really need – the big teams playing that night. I, I'm not sure it's going to spike the ratings that much. I think it's going to spike mm-hmm. the ratings. I think you're going to draw better when you have a big team. But we've seen on New Year's Day or New Year's Eve, excuse me, when they play the college football playoff, that ratings aren't what you hope them to be. And I think for that reason, they talk about Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan needing a presence in the Big Ten. That presence alone to me should be enough i don't think that these teams really need to play these black friday games or who knows who's going to play labor day sunday but the november night games i think are your spot probably for you know the purdue's and indianas of the world the rutgers of the world it's going to be a lot easier next year when you have usc and ucla coming in because the weather's nice out there and you have you know a five o'clock start time out there when it comes to, to, to West Coast. So I think the November night games will be a little bit easier. You put USC and you put UCLA in one next year, or you even have USC, UCLA each play one, then they play each other at the end of the year. So I think you're you're safe there. But I see, I honestly, my, my biggest take on it, I'm okay with it, but I also understand the reasoning and the why Penn State is upset, why Ohio State's upset, and – why Michigan's upset, but they've not made any concessions or any sacrifices yet on it. Um, but again, it's a mess, and I think primarily, you know, you you said it for the most part. Um, I don't know how communicative Kevin Warren was as a commissioner with everything prior to this deal, you know, being signed, and I think that's uh, the biggest issue. And uh, it's a dent. On his, well, I I don't want to say his legacy. I think he's, Kevin Warren has made decisions that have been head scratchers. You know, there's there's no going around it. You go back to COVID where he pushed the season to spring thinking that, all right, everybody else is going to do this. They didn't. 
And I, so that, that was uh, really number one. And at times he's made decisions where I think he jumps the gun a little bit where, you know, he doesn't communicate enough and just gets on board with something that I don't think everybody's on board with. And this is another case of that. I think he's, he was on board with something that everybody else now has to make the concessions and the sacrifices for. And I thought a lot of it was probably his doing. And I'm not saying he was completely a failure as commissioner. He did things that, that were good at times, but there are things like this that, yeah, I've heard his reign as commissioner. There's there's no doubt about it. Locked on Nittany Lines, your go-to podcast for Penn State rivals. Visit happyvalleyinsider.com for all the latest in Penn State athletics, of course, football and men's basketball. Jason, let's stick with this idea in the final segment uh, of this episode because I think it's important to look at Penn State's point of view, and that includes Ohio State and Michigan. They know yeah. when it comes to November and mm-hmm. Black Friday or anything else, that they are not going to get the same attendance when it comes to those types of games. They know that November, it gets cold. It right. can get rainy. You can even sure. get snow, and that's going to scare. Students are out of town, too. Yeah, yeah, students are out of town. That's going to scare uh-huh. dozens, hundreds, right. thousands away from these games. And let's you brought up Illinois. You brought up Maryland. You brought up Purdue. Uh-huh. Jason, what did all those games have in common? They were in September, and Purdue no, being, the- well, they were on the road. They were on the road. Well, yo, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You're was, not gonna have no, yeah. You were never gonna have a Friday night game at Beaver Stadium. I'm per, never say oh, never, I, but no, I, I might jump Penn the gun State, on that one. James Franklin and Penn State are adamant that that's never yeah. going to happen. No, 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 no. Yeah, that's not. And, and to me, it's not. You're not gonna have a game in Ann Arbor. You're not gonna have a, a game in Columbus. Yeah, no. The common denominator is they were on the road. Absolutely, but. Yeah. They were also early in the season. Purdue was also in the beginning of the season, which is a big difference in terms of preparation, too. Preparation's one thing that's kind of being overlooked here. And that's the yeah, conundrum you have right now in the NFL where these owners agreed 24 to 8 to, play, to flex Thursday night games. Mm-hmm. You think the coaches and players want that? I don't think so. I don't think you want to shorten your week uh, on very little notice. I don't think you want to shorten your week and routine, period. And I think that's a big part of this, too. Yeah, Penn State now has to shorten their routine or shorten their week by a day. And as do the other teams, late, that's late a, in the season with all yeah, the injuries, the with all the bumps and yeah, bruises. Absolutely. And that, that's a huge part of it, too. But yeah, no, everything you touched on is is exactly right. The weather is the biggest deal. Yeah. To attendance. Me. It's attendance. attendance and, and that's going to affect the attendance. Weather. Yeah. It because falls into that domino. The attendance, the students are home, and uh, but that that's that's where I think is the worry for me in terms of a November night game. And you talk about Penn State not being happy of it. No, they're not. But either it's Ohio State and Michigan, and they shouldn't. Uh, look, and and I understand. Look, I'm not saying that NBC contract shouldn't have included November night games. It had to. You had 16 games in that contract, but. I think there's ways around not necessarily putting Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan in there in November. Do you think Penn State's going to have a night game in November uh, for sure? Uh, outside of well, as Michigan doesn't, Michigan State doesn't have a kickoff time just yet. Right. We're assuming that Fox is going to pick I, up Michigan and make that a big kickoff. Yeah. Uh, but then there's Rutgers and then there's Maryland. So uh, yeah, those three games. I could see NBC picking up the Penn State Michigan State game, and since that's going to be uh, oh, a they Black did. Friday game, 
they did. Yeah, NBC has that game now. Okay, so that's uh, that's the rumor. Game. That's the that that's not set in stone, but that is the full fledged rumor that is now uh, coming forward. Is that NBC is uh, taking that game? Yeah, and if they do, I think probably a good chance that's a prime time game. So yeah, in November they uh, probably would have the Michigan State game. I don't think Michigan will be a night game now. No. Um, I don't think uh, Rutgers will be a night game either, and probably not Maryland either. So I, I would say, Maryland. yeah, that, that I could see Maryland. I could see Maryland, but the other part of it is now, as much as you've complained about playing one November night game, you put one of your big time schools in two November night games. See what happens. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm not. I'm not sure it's going to go over very well. It's not going over well playing one right now for Ohio State. It's not going over well playing one for Penn State. So uh, I would say no. Uh, this is probably going to be it in terms of November night games this year. Could it happen next year again? Yeah, no, yeah. no doubt about it. it. It definitely could happen. I think you've got to figure it out if you're the, you're the Big Ten and you're NBC when it's coming in. Look, these networks are doing what's best for their network, and that's fully understandable. Uh, there, there's no knocking that whatsoever. Uh, the complaint about it is the concessions that these schools have had to make really on not knowing they've had to make these concessions. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's the, the biggest part of it. I think some people could argue they knew about it. Well, did they know everything though? I don't think they did. Yeah. And do you notice how that Michigan, Ohio state, Penn state, they, they run the conference essentially because absolutely. And USC will come in next year. Yep. Yeah. That'll be a big part of it. Notice how those schools, they ever, it, the same thing in common with Penn State. All those games, all the fun, fancy, the Thursday night game, it's at Purdue. The Friday night games, it's at Illinois. It's at Maryland. Anytime they right. try to get creative. And now this TV rights deal where Kevin, and it, it made perfect sense why Kevin Moore, and I was like, why would Kevin Warren leave after striking one of the biggest deals of his career? He cashed in and then he cashed out right on. And, and went to the Chicago Bears. And he's like, Spot on. He wiped his hands clean. He doesn't have to do anything about it. And now the current Big Ten commissioner and his team have to put out all these fires because you don't want Penn State upset. You don't want Ohio State upset. Right I don't I don't care Michigan's opinion and Ohio State's opinion, but they still matter to the conference, even though I hate them. <laughs> I don't really care well, what they, they think. They matter in a big way. They, they matter to yeah. the Big Ten in a big yeah. way. So I, yeah. I'm glad that Penn State – and James Franklin and Pat Kraft, they, I wasn't surprised when Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan were grouped together. And they said that, you know, we are in favor or we are strongly against night games in November. And that rule, they knew that rule was going to be taken away. But notice, just keep an eye on the schedule for the next, obviously, this is a seven-year deal. Look at the next seven years. And I bet if you do a poll uh, and count and tally how many teams are playing night games at home, in in November, also those Friday games and those opening kickoffs, Beaver Stadium, the Horseshoe, the Big House—they are not going to host no. any. I don't think they're going to host any of them. I don't think I maybe no. USC would. I think I, they will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. USC again. The, the advantage USC has is it's West Coast number one. That's a five o'clock kick, and the yeah. other thing is the weather. The weather is a huge, nice. huge factor in all of this. Huge factor. Yeah. And 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 people are going to argue, hey, it's cold at three thirty. Yes, it does. But it's better. You're than also eight. not. Yeah, you're also not. It's also not dropping 
well into frigid temperatures, which it could very well do at the end of November by 10 or 11 o'clock at night. That And that's the, the biggest worry for me uh, right now when it comes to this. And uh, will we see down the road Penn State, Ohio State playing home games in November? I hope not. Uh, I don't think right now as I see it. Uh, the concessions have been made this year. I don't think they're going to be made repeatedly. Uh, but I could see USC making uh, doing that for because the weather's nice, number one, and the West Coast time, number two. And uh, so you have, let's say USC, UCLA, there's your two November night games right there. Even maybe they play each other at the end of the year. There's your three November night games out of five. Suddenly you can throw two night games in there that don't necessarily matter as much when it comes to the yeah, big picture for the Big Ten. Yeah. I mean, Penn State's biggest problem with all of this is that they do lose attendance. They do lose money when it comes to the idea, the perspective of night games in November. It's also for the safety of the team, the health, making sure that uh, 12 games of football with a projected 13th and Penn State would like to play 14, 15. You get what I'm saying. But even in a 12-game schedule, these are young adults. These are kids that are going through it, and they want to protect them, but also from a financial standpoint. Penn State lost millions of dollars with the COVID season with no fans, no tailgate, no tailgating, no parking, no food, concessions, merchandise. They lost out on all of that. The town lost out on that as well. But from the university standpoint, I mean, this, this big 10 contract was supposed to kind of correct what COVID did from a financial standpoint, I, I'm not here to comment, of course, on the severity of the pandemic. I know no, that there were no you're right. Your biggest point, though, you're right on. They're trying to correct a lot of what they lost. And Absolutely. they got to pay money back because of they, things. Yeah, they 100%, 100%. They're losing 100%. money. Yes, yes. Yeah, no, you're right on with that point. Yeah, that, that's a big part of this. There, there's no doubt about it. And that's a big part of Kevin Warren signing this contract. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, there's no question about it that 2020 played a huge role in this deal. But, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah the, the flip side of it uh, you, that you're right on is that these schools run the risk of losing attendance. They run the risk of, uh, obviously, the weather affecting a, the attendance as much as the day of the game, too. Biggest reason you'll never see a night game, to me, during the week at Beaver Stadium or in Ann Arbor also is the – the situation, look, let's just talk about Happy Valley, where that parking lot that is primarily used for football games is occupied by those who are working. So uh, that that's a, a big reason why, to students. me, you're not going to have it. Yes, yeah, big part of students occupy yeah. it. Your students are paying very good money to park there. Yeah. So, uh, no, I don't think you, you're going to piss a lot of people off if uh you were to have an, a night game here at home and that's a big reason why no i don't think you are going to ever have a night game in columbus or ann arbor or beaver stadium on a weeknight i think it's highly highly unlikely and uh, look you see it in the nfl you remember when the yeah, the 49ers first had levi stadium they couldn't have a monday night game for yeah, the first two years because they couldn't get the work traffic out quick enough in terms of where the parking is. So uh, that's a that's the um, another major issue you would run into if you're having a big weekday game in one of the big stadiums. It, I, to me, it just probably isn't going to happen ever. 
We'll see how the Big Ten decides to clean it up. I think, obviously, the thing that is at hand is that Penn State and other schools across the Big Ten are going to have to pay back about roughly $10 million from the 100 cut that they're getting every single year because of that championship debacle. Uh, So we will see how the Big Ten and the schools and the TV networks figure it all out. Jason, this was fun. This was a different type of conversation because it's not so much X's and O's, but more about the big picture and how Penn State puts it all together. So uh, the next time something like this happens in the news, I I can't wait to have you back on the show to go through all of it. Anytime. Absolutely, Zach. Thanks for having me as always.